Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me always is James and Brad, and we are coming live from the Heart House, deep in the heart of Lone Tree. Yeah. How's it going, James? Good. It's going pretty good. Say hi to all our listeners. Thanks. Thanks for letting me have like at least a second to talk. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm sure you'll dominate the conversation later. I always do. Brad, how are you? I'm... I'm exhausted, um, and I'm I, but I'm relieved because we're done shooting the pod show. Yeah, yeah. We, we just wrapped season one of our pod show. Over, for the time being. Please submit your story ideas to realnerds at gmail dot com <laughs> and see if we can get you on. I, I want you credit. I want you guys to do a story that does suck ass. Uh, yeah, I mean the last episode is James literally just sucking a bunch of ass. Yeah, so it's really stinky. I didn't. Um, I didn't enjoy recording that one. Uh, if you're wondering where to go buy comics. Make sure you check out Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics in Arvada, Colorado, 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard. Ask for Andrew. He will get you all your comic needs. Also, too, guys, I did secure another um, sponsor that, really? that I'll be able to talk about next week. Oh. It is a restaurant. What? That is opening. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it going to be delicious? It should be. Cool. Um, but uh, the they're doing a soft opening, and mm-hmm. so... Uh, the proprietor of it asked me to wait until they opened for sure because when they when you do a soft opening, you're not 100 percent sure what day you're actually opening. Yeah. Um, but they're gonna have a ground opening in a couple weeks, but it should be open next week. So if you're in the 120th area of I-25 in Colorado and you see a new restaurant next to another restaurant that's called Qdoba, then you know what restaurant I'm talking about. Um, it'll be a quick service restaurant specializing in Middle Eastern food. Um, so yeah, it should be good. Uh, I, I did a tour of that restaurant the other day. Where's he? Uh, where's he buy his restaurant equipment? Um, he buys it off. I don't know, James. Maybe you could. Oh, I can. Maybe I can. Ho- I can hook him up. I, I know. Up. It's like what you do for a living. It is. Yeah. Um, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we're not, you know, trying to sell our souls. Um, that sounded great, James. Um, we're not trying to sell our souls. We go see a new movie every week. This week, we actually saw a movie that was. Is it? It's fourth week out. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's third or fourth week out. We went and saw Monuments Men with no real desire to see any of the new movies until I told James this morning that Mick G directed Three Days to Kill and he was really disappointed. Yeah, that, did I, not go that see suddenly Three changed my mind on that movie. But we saw Monuments Men. The Monuments Men. Actually, it's only week two. Week two? It must be measuring from like a national release or something. Um, according, according to. Well, know. you're looking at last week's box office numbers. So oh, that's right. Week so week three, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so, yeah. We see a movie. We talk about a comic book you should be reading, which I guess it's my week. It I, is. I always have one. By the time we get there, you'll figure this shit out. I, I have one, guys. Relax. Relax. I know you're worried. I got it, okay? <laughs> I fucking got it. Good. Relax. Actually, it's a comic that was recommended me to me by Andrew. So That's that's what I did last week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we also talk about box office numbers, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, movies we've been watching, and a whole bunch of movie news and shit. Yeah. So stay tuned, hang on tight. Real Nerds is about to begin with, what are we starting with this week, Brad? Uh, let's do box office numbers. 
Box office numbers. Thanks, Brad. Do we talk about where we're going to be next week? Oh, yeah. I guess I should say that. Yeah. Uh, next week, we'll be at Anime Land Wasabi, which is at the DIA Crown Plaza in downtown Denver. They have a lot of cool guests there. They have Billy West, who was just announced a couple weeks ago. Also, I'm really excited to see Spartacus himself, Liam McIntyre. It's interesting to see. I've never been to an animation con before, so I don't know what I'm in store for. That's a lot yeah. like Denver Comic Con or Starfest, just more just, Japanese. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, I thought it would be too, but they don't really have too much anime uh, there. I mean, I'm sure they will, but a lot of their guests are Adventure Time and yeah. things like that, so... It's going to be fun. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. It's going to be bigger than I thought it was going to be. The lady who organized it did a really, really good job. Cool. So, yeah, pick up your tickets for Anime Land Wasabi at AnimeLandWasabi.com. They're cheaper if you buy them online than unless if you wait for the door. So buy them early. And then you can get there early. You can walk right in and get Spartacus's autograph. Hell yeah. Because that's what we want to do. Okay, sorry about that. Now here's the box office numbers. This is the box office stats. The number one movie last week was Everything is Awesome. The Lego movie again. Surprise. Uh, it'll probably be the number one movie again this week. Because probably. No one's really excited for the movies that came out this week. Yeah. Um, 30-something million, James? I don't remember. Uh, no, 62. Oh, 62. That's right. Cause yeah, because it's still trucking along. Um, what's really weird, so the movie we saw last week was uh, actually number three. At about $25 million, um, which means it was beat out by About Last Night. I'm not surprised. Mm. I didn't know that was a movie. Remember, I it's saw a remake, I, right? I, Yeah, I saw a, tra- a trailer for that last year. I, it just... Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember seeing a trailer for this last year, but I haven't seen any recently. Um, Go give RoboCop a chance, you fools. Yeah. I, I have a feeling about last night's going to crash and burn, and I think RoboCop might stay steady for a little bit. Might make a little bit of yeah. that money yeah. back up. Because I think it's... Lego movie will still dominate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, But yeah, I think yeah. about that last movie's... night was... Actually, I do remember reading the uh, the analysis of it. About last night did 17 million on Valentine's Day, mm. and then on Saturday it did like 8 million. So it, it crashed uh-huh. really fast. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing a lot of... A lot of people who, yeah, couples showed up at the theater and were like, what do we want to see? Oh, that one says it's a romance. Yep. Yeah. Um, But yeah. uh, So yeah, thanks Box Office Mojo for all your box office number stats. We appreciate it. What are we doing next, Brad? Let's tell people what movies are coming out on Blu-ray. Cool. You like how I just turn this over to you guys now? See what you guys want to do, because I'm so such a good host. I'm glad you have confidence in us to do that. I, I really know. like that you take so much time to tell yourself how good a host you are. That's you actually know. the thing I appreciate the most. I know. I need to tell myself that, because you guys don't tell me it ever. Yep. I don't want you to get your head too big. Mm. Build you up. You, might, like... you might leave us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where am I going to go, guys? Howard Stern's going to call you and be like, Ryan? Uh, I would t- turn Howard Stern down, guys, just so you know. Yeah, I'd rather too. not get paid than work for Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> this is what's coming out on Blu-ray. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Gravity's the big one. Mm, fun. Um, in like four different versions. Oh, that's right. I forgot that was coming out. I pre-ordered that movie that you just switched to. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, good, good job, Brian. Yeah, yeah the, um, Thor, the Dark World, is what uh, Ryan is referring to. Uh, I only got the two D version, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure. I'm just gonna get the two D version, but I, I think there's like a, a, a two disc and a one disc as well. 
because um, there have to be, of all those movies, there have to be four different versions of the Blu-rays now. You know, actually, there's not. There's a 3D Blu-ray and then just the standard Blu-ray. I have looked. Hmm. So I got the one that's just a standard Blu-ray because it has all the same special features. The only oh. difference is, is the 3D one has a 3D version of the movie as well. Oh, okay. I did um, that research for you guys. Just thanks. Now. I, that's thanks. my public service for the day. How many versions of Nebraska are coming out this week? Uh, well, they're probably going to make 5,000 of those. So, <laughs> um, that Well, that comes out this week. Uh, Blue is the warmest color, which is that. Oh, Ooh, and it, it's getting Lesbo released action. directly into Criterion, which I always, I always find those to be a little bit suspect. Like, mm. uh, I don't know. Well, Criterion like, is artsy-fartsy, so it's... Yeah, but I, I also think of Criterion as, like, going into the past and, and picking out those gems and, like, giving them a, a really awesome Blu-ray But something like that, though, it's because it probably didn't... Appreciate. I mean, it didn't do that great well, in the box office, yeah, yeah, yeah. but by putting Criterion on it... That's if, true. If those guys are like, hey, this is a good movie that people need to see, if they put that prestige mm. behind it, maybe people go watch There's it. that stigma of, like, digging in the past, but they they've always been just, like, doing both, like, yeah. modern... Oh, I... I interesting I, modern stuff and... yeah. Like I, I have a, um, I just recently bought because I thought it was funny and it was cheap, a DVD Criterion edition of The Rock, by Michael Bay. Nice. Because I just wanted it on my shelf. I just thought that was funny. They even have one for Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't deserve it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two Criterion DVDs. One's Chasing Amy, and the other is Shortcuts. Yeah. Mm. I've got uh, 12 Angry Men. But I do want the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, I've got that one on the way. Life Aquatic is coming out finally. Um, that wasn't a, mm. a Criterion already? It oh. was originally, but now it's coming out on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. okay. They're doing, okay. Um, but I've got Bottle Rocket, Royal Tenenbaums. I'm seeing a, a trend um, here. Brazil. Yeah. Following. Uh, okay. Just just so you guys know, um, you don't need to wait for Film Explosion 2014 to know what Brad's number one movie of the year is going to be. Just wait two weeks for the Grand, Grand Budapest Hotel when it comes out. That's our movie of the week, right? Uh, not the other one? As long as yeah. it's not limited. What's, what's the other one? I don't remember. March, I think it is limited. It's March 7th. It's uh, 300 or that one. Oh, yeah. No, it is, oh, yeah, it is limited. Yeah, we're going to have to see 300. Yeah. So, but if it's but we'll, not we'll that limited, it's, it's not limited. We'll if see it. it. If yeah. it's not, yes, Brad. Sweet. If it's not that limited, we'll see it. Sweet. It's going to be really limited. Yeah, maybe it's playing at the. It might be at the Alamo. Or, or the Alamo has been pushing. Alamo, it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the Alamo will have it. Um, but yeah, we'll try. It was named their top, like one of their most anticipated movies of, of the year. The fifth one of something. Hmm. They're hmm. highlighting it. So yeah. Cool. So yes, Brad, we'll see that for you. Anyway, third season of of Adventure Time comes out this week. Cool. The first season of Legit, which is that FX comedy, but it was really far down the line. I don't think anybody gives a shit. I don't even know what it is. Um, it's a comedy show. I don't. I. It's got a British or Australian guy. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was very funny. Um, this is the thing I'm really excited about, um, which is that they are doing a Blu-ray re- uh, release of Alec Baldwin's The Shadow. Did you see who's doing that? Um, no, 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 I didn't. You should, you should scroll down there and see who's making that. Is it Scream Factory? <laughs> it is. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't say it, it should, on yeah. the... If you scroll down, it says manufactured by or released by. It says shout, it's Scream. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Cool. I'm always right. That makes me happy. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited about this one. I'm going to go and order this right away. Because I like that movie a lot. It's It's got its silly points, but... Said no one ever. <laughs> okay, and the very last thing we have to talk about I'm is excited. from the director of Young Guns. Ah, oh, dude, that movie's so great. Releasing this week is the world's most lethal weapon, Robocroc. <laughs> I kid you not. Wow. 
Very it, cool. It's part, a, it's 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 part robot, part crocodile. All cop. All water dweller. Nice. I love it. Uh huh. Only on DVD. But see, I'm only gonna buy it if the director of Young Guns uh, is directing it. Your doorbell just went off, James. I know. It's Dan. He'll come in eventually. <laughs> okay. Just gonna let him sit out there. What if he was being chased by a pack of wolves? No. Um. Then, then if he feels like it's so important for him to ring my doorbell <laughs> while he's being before he comes he into my house, in. which yeah. he has been in my house many times. He's ringing it again. What a nice guy. I yeah. t- I texted him to come in. Not like not like Brad. Brad came in this morning, kicked the door in. Yeah, he just ready to work. snuck up behind he snuck up behind me. Yeah, yeah. stealthy like that. Yeah. Um cool. Uh what's next? Uh, I don't know, Brad, what are we doing next? Uh let's tell people about the news. Sweet. Cool. It's real news. This better be some good news, James. I'm going to be so pissed off at you. You want to talk about some good news? We'll start with some good news. Sweet. Guardians of the Galaxy trailer came out this week. It did. It was fun. It's fucking awesome, dude. I watched it about four times in like right in a row. Uh, that I think the, the biggest problem they were going to have with that movie is tone, and that movie's tone is exactly what I want. Like it's it's got wacky, funny little like scenes just in the trailer. Um, the way they use the music... Uh, that Brad loves the most. Uh, I think it's badass. Well, now you said that it's from his own personal mixtape. That makes more sense. But still, you'd think I, it would be something like a song about space or something. No, 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 no. Because it's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be goofy. Like there's a tree man and a and a rocket in there. And it's made by James Gunn. Like if you think that movie is going to like all tie together in this way that always makes sense, you're, you're not going to like that movie. Um uh, yeah, but I, I'm I'm really excited about it. Plus, I just love the way that they use that song and then like turn that into this badass. Like it it starts off, or it turns into like this chant, and then that chant, like it almost sounds like the chant from Dark Knight Rises, you know, where it sounds like this badass thing, uh, and then that grows back into the song. I just thought it was awesome. Now, my favorite um, part of the trailer is when Rocket Raccoon jumped on Groot and started using a machine gun. Yeah. The CGI looks really good. Yeah. Like, yeah, Rocket does. Raccoon looks like a real raccoon. He looks really great, yeah. Um, so, January 28th, we're going to get a re-release of Anchorman 2. Uh, it's going to uh, be a... W- next year? Sorry, January... Sorry, February 28th. Okay, thanks. Sorry. I, I have it written down as February 28th. Um, the month has gone by very quickly. Uh, so, we're going to get a re-release of Anchorman 2 in theaters, very short thing for like a week where uh all of the joke it's going to be that cut where all of the jokes are different i was so like the- 763 different takes yep rated yeah. r rated r yep awesome um, gonna be awesome i'll probably yeah. go see it yeah, yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> so it's gonna be a real quick thing that you're gonna want to you go sure see you just pr- to promote like that scheme of yeah you're right re-releasing a movie with different takes it is pretty cool yeah and th- hopefully they put on the blu-ray they put both cuts of the movie on it yeah, or yeah. Hopefully, they're. I could see them releasing them separately. Like it's too. Uh, they're they're going to release it. Is them. Paramount, and you know, I know how you feel about Paramount. Yep. Yep. No, they, what they'll do. What Target they'll do is will have the R-rated version, and Best Buy have the PG-13 version, and you have to go to. What they'll do is they'll just completely remix them. So the funny jokes they'll spread out between three different cuts. Mm-hmm. The kind of half funny jokes they'll they'll sprinkle back in. So to actually get like 
a completely funny version of the movie, you'll have to buy three versions at three different stores Sweet. and then like change the discs out as you watch. <laughs> That's what they'll do. <laughs> now insert disc 3.01. Yeah. If you want this movie to continue to be funny, go buy the Target version. Um, we also got some news about the Fantastic Four remake. Yeah. Um, so it's we don't usually talk about casting news, but this one's kind of weird to me. The only thing um, I think that all the cast is interesting, except Sue Storm and Johnny Storm are brother and sister. And yes, and they're black and white. Yeah, I guess you could be a, one of them's adopted. I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. um, they, maybe they're just never going to make a thing out of that. They're just going to maybe like, they won't. Yeah. Maybe they won't be related in yeah, any way. Same last name. Um, <laughs> just a coincidence. Yeah. The I do like Rooney. Uh, I mean Kate Mara more than uh, I. I yeah. Jessica Alba. I love that Kate Mara is going to be. Sue Storm. That one actually makes the most sense. It is to interesting me. though that Miles um, Teller is Reed Richards because yeah, I, I thought guess... the other guy was going to be Reed Richards until I read the thing. Jamie Bell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I thought the same thing. I thought it was going to be like uh, Michael B. Jordan is the thing, um, just because he's inherently kind of a tough dude. Uh, maybe because I watched uh, what that movie Fruitville Station. Fruitville Station. Yeah, um, and then. I thought Jamie Bell was going to be Mr. Fantastic and that Miles Teller was going to maybe be like if if Miles Teller could thin up a little bit that he was going to be the Human Torch but that that's yeah. No, I mean I guess I always just thought of Reed Richards as an older guy. But I guess that's they, the other thing. I guess they're they're they make very a, young. Yeah, I guess they make it an origin young guys. Yeah. And I heard they're going to use Doctor Doom again. Hopefully they make him cool. Yeah, I'm fine with Doctor Doom. No, uh, Doctor Doom's a great villain if he's yeah done right if he's not done cheesy as shit mm-hmm. um in more depressing news um you know we've been talking a lot about how much ryan and i have come around quite a bit on terminator or i've come around on terminator Revolution, and we've just sort of talked about how much we actually do kind of like that movie mm-hmm. one of the things i've always liked about that movie was their casting for kyle reese mm-hmm. like having this young kind of scrappy dude um they've cast kyle reese for the new terminator movie and it's jay courtney sure which i kind of hate like, now he, he's a fucking Terminator. Like, since when is... Like, Kyle Reese should be not the guy who's supposed to be... Like, you're not supposed to believe that Kyle Reese is going to really kick ass against a Terminator. I don't know. He kicked Even ass in the first, in the first one. one. Yeah, but he's still, like, a kind of scrappy little dude. He just sort of... He's well, he's guess, resourceful. I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this dude looks like... I Sam Worthington too. Yeah, if they <laughs> cast him as the Terminator, you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because he's going to go and, like, just beat the shit out of people. Well, maybe they have the storyline that they were going to do at Salvation, where Kyle Reese was actually killed, and they put him on a Terminator body. Uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. That's not it. Anyway, um, that's it. That's Jay Courtney's listening to this, and he's like, "Hey, fuck those guys over there." <laughs> is he British or Australian? Australian. He's Australian. They're all every bald action movie star is Australian. He's not mm. bald. He shaves his head bald. That's what I meant. He just shaves it close to his head. Whatever. He's not bald. I know. Don't say lies about people. That's not nice. I always like to people say, you don't have a beard. And everybody knows you have a beard. <laughs> What's uh, next, Brad? Let's tell people about comics. Cool. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. So going to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics is always fun because... Uh, I like to think I have a good relationship with Andrew. I've been going there for many years. And um, every once in a while, I says, Andrew, what should I read? Give me something now. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And uh, he pointed me to this one comic called Deadly Class. Oh, yeah. And uh, he he didn't tell me about it. And I, I, didn't, I had no idea what it was about. 
And I went up there and I picked it up. And the cover is really interesting. It's like these kids sitting on top of a grave. Uh, Rick Remender. Yeah, Rick Remender. Uh, he's writing Captain America right now as well. Um, so it starts with this kid and he's a homeless kid on the street. Um, his life is going nowhere and he's being recruited by this girl who says you should join this faction of things. And it kind of goes back and forth with him being chased by these guys. And it turns out that they want him to join this group of teenage assassins that they go around the world and they assassinate people. It's a club and a class and they're all taught how to kill people. And that's what the book's about. And it's really interesting. It's just a kind of a different take and it was really weird. Uh, I'm going to stick with it for a few issues. Um, and when I talked to Andrew about it, he said, yeah, just read it because you won't expect where it's going. And I didn't expect it to go into where they become assassins and um, things like that. It's just a different take. The art is kind of interesting in it. Cool. Um, yeah, it's just a really different book. It's only one issue in. I think you might still be able to get it. When I picked it up, I think they saw like five or six issues. But that was three weeks ago. Yeah, actually, when I was in there, he did the exact same thing. So I have a mm -hmm. copy of it, too. And I haven't gotten a chance to read it, though, but... Oh, I just um, spoiled it for you, though. Yeah, no, oh, no. actually, he, when he told me, he pitched it to me as, oh, yeah, no, it's about, like, a class of assassins. You also spoiled it for everyone on the internet. Yeah, so so, so pick up Deadly Class. It's interesting. Um, I, It's one of the, yeah, so make sure you get it soon, though, because, again, it's an image book, so they don't they put don't out print too a lot, much. Yeah, right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. I'm sure they'll have a second printing in a year and, then, <laughs> um, and pick it up. So, yeah, pick up Deadly Class. It's, it's kind of interesting, and the cover's really interesting. Um, yeah, it's a neat cover. The art in the inside, and it's just really, it, it moves by really fast. I think I read it in maybe five minutes. <laughs> uh, just a really fast-moving comic, and it's interesting. So I'll stick with it. Um, again, if you have any, uh, if you don't know what you want to read, always ask Andrew. He'll always pull something interesting out, especially if you're not a big superhero fan. Yeah. Um, because I don't know how many superhero books Andrew actually reads. Maybe I should ask him that next time. I, um, I'm going to switch my hold slot over to... Uh, coins cards yeah because i've yeah anybody who's listening for a while knows that i got my comic shipped from for my old store in fort collins um i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to tell andrew just like anytime that a book like that comes in where he's like this is cool just throw it in my slot i'll pay for it no big deal like because he's so good at, at recommending things for mm -hmm. me because he's he's done it a few times where he's been like oh you should check this out and then i love it um because yeah it's it's a good place not just for getting cheap comics but for getting advice about comics yeah and it's what's really cool one of my favorite stories ever about andrew is i was looking for this uh spider-man book called mini marvels which oh, is yeah. this really silly goofy mini marvels thing and i couldn't find it anywhere and i told andrew I'm like do you have this lying around and he said yeah give me one second he walked he knew exactly where it was hmm. and i swore i looked in that whole area but yeah deadly class pick it up about kids who kill people <laughs> What's next, Brad? Did we get any fan mail this week? We didn't. Oh. Nobody likes us. Well, we, tell me we, what you watched then. We would have done that first. Yes. Then I wouldn't have asked you what you wanted to do. i just go right into fan mail. Use your brain. Point taken. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Um, what'd Brad, what did you watch this week? What did I watch? Yeah. Not a lot. Uh, like I said last week, I started watching Eastbound and Down. That's funny. Cool. Nice. I watched all three seasons. Oh. I don't think four's out yet. No, um, are you glad you bought them? Yes, and it has way more like heart than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. hmm. It's it's not just like shock humor. It's <laughs> actually got, I guess, a message. I don't know. <laughs> like that, yeah. Anyway, um, and then I also watched. Oh shoot, I'm spacing out right now. Oh my god, Knights of Badastum. Oh, that's oh right. yeah. Um, How is that? It's it's good. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's this uh, LARPing movie 
that I thought was a LARPing movie, and it's actually a horror movie. Really? Really? Because, yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's like a succubus comes alive or something. Yes. They, uh, uh, one one of the characters is uh, he pretends to be a mage, and so he has this. They don't really explain it, explain it very well, but he just happens to have this like magic book, and he's just been reading it, um, oblivious to any kind of consequences. And they conjure up a succubus, and it ends up killing all the larpers, and they have to figure out how to stop it. But uh, I actually wish it was just a larping movie because it's it's more funny than it's good at being a horror movie. Mm. So. Um, it doesn't and, it doesn't like draw that balance as well as like a uh, Tucker and Dale does. Yeah, it's or it, Army of Darkness. when it's when it's being horror and like people are getting maimed or uh, uh, the succubus is like walking around. It seems silly. Is she naked? No. Fuck, I don't want to see it. There's no nudity <laughs> in it. But um, but when they're making fun of uh, you know, being dorks and uh, talking about nerd stuff, then it's like really interesting and um. Is this the one that Mile High Comics put on, right? Yeah. Well, I saw it at the Oriental Theater, but the Sea Film Center had it like the week before for like one evening. But the one you were at, were there a bunch of people dressed up and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah, that, that's the Mile High Comics one. <laughs> yeah. Um, way more. I, a lot of people. Like, I think everyone was dressed up except for me. <laughs> it was, it was way a more party in your than spare I time? No. It looked fun. I mean, I guess I would do it um, one you, weekend if yeah. I had the chance, but. Uh, I just didn't expect the Oriental. Th- I'm used to the Oriental Theater being deserted, yeah. <laughs> and the thing was packed with people. And like, was it like sold out? Oh yeah, really? Wow. Yeah, there were cool. people up in the balcony. Uh, like I said, everyone Jeez, was costume. There's like one guy who had, you know, like how Michonne has like the two walkers chained mm-hmm. to her. Like yeah. there was a guy who had like just two hot chicks chained to him, nice. walking around. Um, a lot of people in steampunk outfits. Um, so it was a success. Yeah, it was a big hit. The cool. crowd loved it. Um, there was a there's a really cool part at the end involving what's his name, the short guy, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Um, there's some unexpected turns. I I recommend seeing it, but um, I was surprised it was a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I was too. So. I, did, I the trailer it sold it as just the silly comedy. Yeah. So that's all. That's all I saw. Cool. Oh, short week, James. Um, I also didn't have a whole lot. I started watching through Veronica Mars with my parents. Cool. Um. And like we watched two episodes, and as soon as the second one was was over, uh, my mom was like, "Cause on Sunday nights we get together and watch something." Uh, and after that second episode was over, my mom turns and she's like, ah, "This sucks." And I was like, "Why?" And she goes, "I just want to keep watching these, because <laughs> um, that show is great." And I, I forgot how many flashbacks were in that first episode. Yeah, um, it has a lot of stuff to set up, um, but man, like I. I, I, it's it's, it's how hard cute to be. Kristen Bell. She's great. She is so adorable. And you know what I really like the most about Kristen Bell, Ryan? Her perfectly placed how, eyeballs. How attractive her eyes are. Yeah, just especially the placement of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I have um, such a crush on Brad's sister. She kind of looks like Kristen Bell. Yeah, especially in the eye department. I was gonna say her rack. Hey, yeah. how you doing, Brad? I know you're trying to rile me up, but it's not gonna <laughs> it work. It doesn't work. He's <laughs> just sitting there. He's like, meh. I don't care. I know yeah. these guys don't know what they're talking about. It's like, oh, yeah. clowns. She doesn't look like my sister, and Kristen Bell's eyes are crooked. Yeah, she does look like my sister. She does. And both our eyes are crooked. Is Kristen Bell pregnant? Because so is my sister. She was. She used yeah. To be. yeah, she was. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and then the other thing I watched, uh, just barely had some time to get one of my list of shame movies crossed off. Um, this is one that is probably not on a lot of people's list of shame, and it's not going to be like 
uh, Schindler's List where like you, you know when I told used to tell people I hadn't seen Schindler's List you'd get like oh you've never seen that movie they thought you should be part of the Holocaust right oh gosh um, this is more uh, this is more like a film education one that I've I've had on my list for a long time and as I was building my list I, I, I just got really excited to finally get a chance to see it um, so this week I saw The Third Man um, there is a Criterion version of it, but it's really hard to get a hold of. I would have had to like way overpay through some dude selling his copy on Amazon. So I just got a normal version. Um, is this the sequel to the second man? No. Oh. The third man, uh, is a, uh, Carol Reed movie, um, with, with Orson, Orson Welles and a few other people whose names I don't remember, but Orson Welles is like on the cover. Um, and it's, uh, it's like a, a pinnacle, film noir um in fact it might be like one of the best examples of great film noir uh basically it tells a story of right after world war ii this guy goes back to vienna looking for a friend of his and when he gets there he finds out that he that guy has recently been murdered or not sorry he he was recently killed in a car accident he was hit i by just a, ruined the fucking he was, movie he was hit us. by a car well no 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 but but very quickly he starts seeing that like the the stories people are telling him don't necessarily line up, and he starts realizing like okay, there's something afoot here. Um, and the title of the third man comes from the fact that the the only like witness to the murder or to the crime um, that wasn't like in the direct area, there was this guy in a building nearby who watched it, and he was like, oh no, you know, um, three people carried him from the from where he got hit to the car where they drove him to the hospital not just two um and and the the two guys that say they carried him didn't say there was anybody else there and so there's this mysterious third man that he has to go and figure out who that third man was because that man knows the secret of of what what really happened to his friend um it's really cool um the movie is gorgeous um it's actually so old that it's you know in four three um which is a little bit weird, honestly. Um, yeah, when I was watching Universal Monster movies, you forget yeah. that they're, you know, 4-3. Yeah, like you have to train your brain because my brain just automatically looks at that and goes like, this is bullshit, you're cutting off half my movie, you know. It's, but um, the, there's a whole lot of storytelling that they do with just shadows, and it's awesome. It's really, really cool. Now, and not, not even just storytelling, but like suspense building and like... He he clearly was very meticulous in the way he designed those shots and lit those those scenes. Um, it's really awesome to watch, and I I honestly think that the mystery that they tell and the story that they tell is really cool. Hmm. Um, at one point, I thought, especially once they start revealing some of the things, I was like, oh okay, I I know where this is going. This isn't going to be that interesting. Um, and once you 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 figure out the mystery pretty quick, I think, but that they. they it's not just about the mystery, the the characters and how those characters end up interacting and, and um, the things that they end up choosing to do, I think is really kind of t- um, touching, sometimes heartbreaking. Uh, so it's a cool one. I, I would absolutely go recommend this movie. Like if you're, if you're somebody who's into those older f- films, like you should check this one out. You know, film noir um, is a kind of a, a genre that's been neglected for so long. Yeah. And I think, do you think it's because people think it's too cheesy now or... Or is it too slow for? I think it's audiences? too slow. Like it's the same reason why you don't see a lot of mystery. It's, I mean, the same reason why Veronica Mars is so special in that it is a mystery show. Like, when was the last time you watched a movie that you would actually consider like a mystery? 
You know, like a lot of times, like the movie we saw tonight, there there are some mystery elements to it. Like um, they have to figure some things out, but it's really rare that you have like a murder on the Orient Express kind of mystery where somebody gets killed or something happens, and the rest of the movie not a lot of action, not a lot of chases. It's a lot of people sitting in rooms and having tense conversations. Um, I would say that maybe like, I would want to say something like Zodiac, but that's a bizarre sort of twist on it. It's not a, it's not a straight up mystery. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's more of like a crime um, thriller. There is something recently. There was a movie I remember saying like, this is really cool. This is really like a mystery movie, but I can't remember what it was. Um, and it's a shame cause it's a genre that I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't think that everything's been played out, you know. It's not like you can't tell a good mystery anymore. I think it's just that everybody wants an action scene. So, yeah. um, so this is a good one. Cool. Yeah. For future reference, if you're looking for Criterion uh, DVDs or Blu-rays, you should check out Twist and Shout because they usually keep one oh, really? each. Oh, cool. It's in stock. So you don't have to, like, deal with the, your online guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, and I even looked on, like, the Criterion site, and that was, you know, because I also, I'll be honest, like, I want to buy the Criterions when I can, but if I go and the Criterions are still 40 bucks, eh, so on some of these I might not. But Well, too, you live by Barnes & Noble. It still sells the Criterions. Mm, about that's once, true. About once every... Where is there a Barnes... Oh, fuck, that Barnes & Noble's still there. Every, I hate that Barnes & Noble. Off. Yeah, every three or four months they have buy one, get one free, or they're half off or something. So. I never. I hate that Barnes & Noble with mm. a passion, so I've, I never go in there. I didn't even realize that they had them. <laughs> Because the parking lot's the worst god-awful parking lot on the planet. Oh, I hate it so much. Ugh. 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 I remember I went to... The last time I went to that one, because they had the only copy of Abbott and Stello Meet Frankenstein in town. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. So I went there and picked that up. Cool. On Blu-ray. What'd you watch this week, right? Oh, fuck. So much stuff. Here, let me get out my scroll. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I watched a few things. Did you... I was able to score at Tradesmart. People, someone keeps on trading in the Ultimate Editions of Harry Potter. So I've wow. been able to get the first four, and they only charge like 25 bucks for them. Wow. On Amazon, they're like 100 bucks, And they're used. They're used. So you get one for a dollar. Yeah. If you can get two at the same time. So, yeah, so I watched the first two, and I watched the Extended Editions, which I didn't know if I would you know, notice the difference, but they're about 30 minutes longer. Wow. And they have a lot more character moments. Um, it's no action. The um the one that hmm. stood out the most to me was in the Chamber of Secrets. There's a part where Harry is accused of being the Slytherin heir because he can speak Parcel, which is snake tongue. And there's a whole extra like five minute scene of the kids picking on him because they're saying, "Hey, you know, you're you're the evil guy," and everyone is already suspicious of Harry because you know he's a boy who lived from Lord Voldemort. And so there's a whole scene where the kids pick on him and. Um, he he's kind of you know distraught over it, and he gets accused of these kids being uh, petrified, which is a spell that renders them petrified. Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole big setup for it that isn't in the original theatrical cut, which is pretty oh. interesting. You're making me think. <laughs> Am I making you rethink it? That maybe I should go and watch these from the beginning. You should, and also too watching them from the beginning. I haven't seen them in years. In fact, I haven't watched them. I bought them on blue, uh, DVD a few years ago, and I watched them. And I kept on waiting to get the Ultimate Editions on Blu-ray. Yeah. Because I really wanted to upgrade them. And watching them again, there's little nods to stuff that happens, you know, 10 years later that this lady obviously knew what was going to happen. And she really planned it out. Um, Chamber of Secrets, again, there's a part with Dobby, the house elf, 
And, you know, Harry says, I don't want you ever to try save my life again. Flash forward to the last movie and mm-hmm. he dies saving Perry's life. Um, and it's interesting seeing the kids grow as actors, too. Um, the first one's kind of a cute little kids movie. Yeah. The second one gets a little darker and the third one's pretty dark. Um, mm-hmm. But I've only watched the first two. I'll watch the other two I got this week sometime. I just, you know, one of my complaints about those movies has always been that it leaves out so much shit. Yeah. Like it, a lot of it doesn't make any sense because it just feels like it's going from one thing to the other and it doesn't build its characters very well and doesn't explain a lot of things. So if there's 30 minutes of, of not action cut out, that might solve most of my problems Two And, uh, the prisoner of Azkaban is the next one I need to watch. And the theatrical cut is, uh, two hours and 13 minutes or something. Uh, the ultimate edition is three hours. Okay. Yeah. This, this, so it's pretty interesting. I'll, I'll let you know exactly if I can remember the scenes that didn't play out right. Um, but anyways, I watched those. Um, the movie I was really, really excited to watch this week is it arrived in the mail. Uh, of course, everybody who's listened to this podcast for a long time and you guys know I'm a huge Sam Raimi fan. Um, and you brought up the shadow. He originally was going to direct the shadow. Really? And he was turned down and he got, he was really upset about it. I don't know if he was pissed. I can't picture Sam Raimi pissed. <laughs> he was really upset about it. And so he decided to write Dark Man. And Dark Man was just released on Scream Factory Collector's Edition. And Dark Man, for some reason, for a movie that kind of launched Sam Raimi's uh, career. Nobody I mean, he, talks about it. Yeah. Nobody talks about it. It made something like $45 million on a $10 million budget. That's a pretty good return. Um, it's one of Liam Neeson's first starring roles. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a dark movie. I mean, it's a movie okay. about, uh, yeah, about a scientist who's trying to figure out skin grafts and help, help people that have been injured in accidents. And he ends up, um, his girlfriend played by Francis McDermott has this memo where she finds out that her boss is embezzling money from people and he's tied in the mob. Uh, and so they go to Westlake's laboratory because she leaves the memo there and they start beating him up and they have some great Sam Raimi shots in it where uh, Liam Neeson's being his face is being smashed through all these cabinet windows mm-hmm. and the the camera just moves from one cabinet behind it so his face is coming at you to the next one and his face is coming at you to the next one and his face is coming at you and then it swoops all the way back around and he's thrown in the acid I mean it's vintage Sam Raimi and yeah. he's such a cool director and he has you can tell he's having lots of fun in this movie um, and I, I love, because I'm such a Sam Raimi fan, I love picking up the little Sam Raimi moments in it. Um, if you watch all his movies, he always has a f- two or three lines of ADR. Uh, and he said, I forget what Blu-ray I have of him or DVD. He says that he always forgets to tell a, a part of the story. So it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so he always has to go back in and say, uh, in dark man, it's really early at the beginning. And, um, all these mobs come to this other mob guys thing. And he says, uh, hey boys, uh, pat them down and make sure they're not carrying any weapons. Because if that wasn't in that movie, then the guys would just start being patted down for no reason at all. <laughs> but you can tell it's Sam Raimi's voice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Liam Neeson is really good in it. Um, and I think Darkman as a character is a really cool character. Um, after he suffers his horrific accident, he's put in um, a hospital since he's, he's burned beyond recognition. No one knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's given uh, this soup. They do something to him where he no longer feels pain and it amps up his strength. So he doesn't feel pain and he's stronger than he was. And he has a really cool costume. He has like bandages and a cloak and a hat. 
Um, so he is kind of looks like the shadow. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a pulpy movie. It's really pulpy. Um, and I love the part where he's in he's in a carnival and he this guy won't give him a pink elephant that he won. And he gives him a hard time, so he, the the carnival guy pokes him in the chest, and Liam Neeson grabs his fingers and bends him backwards all the way, and he's like, "Give me the fucking pink elephant!" And he gives it to his girlfriend. It's pretty funny, <laughs> um, but yeah, you should see it. It's it's pretty violent. It's uh, it's pretty radical. Um, I love Sam Raimi. Yeah, his cars in it still has his sense of humor. And if you get the Scream Factory one, there's an interview with Liam Neeson on it. Really? Yeah, and he talks cool. about how uh, it was his big break and. He didn't think he was going to get the part because there was a lot of famous actors who auditioned for it as well. And he couldn't uh, – who else? A couple of his friends. He he name drops them, and I forget what names he said, but it would be surprising – it was surprising that they picked him because he really didn't do anything before that. Yeah. Because that movie was shot in 89. Can you believe how old that movie is? That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I watched Darkman. Um, and uh, my Jason Statham thing, I kind of slowed, slowed down this week. I was kind of busy. So I was only able to watch a couple of them. Um, I watched Cellular with uh, oh yeah Chris Evans and uh, um, Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's pretty good. I mean, Jason Statham plays the bad guy in it. Um, you have to remember it's at a time before when cell phones were brand new. Is that Chris <laughs> Evans? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he just runs around town trying to save this lady. And Jason Statham's a bad guy who's kidnapped her, and um, it's kind yeah. of a mystery and a thriller. You find out why. it's it's really well made film. I mean, it's shot really well. It's pretty well done. It's one of those movies that like is really good considering that 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 the plot of the movie is hey people have a lot of cell phones now how do we make cell phones into a thriller yeah you know what I mean yeah like, it was clearly it was written at a boardroom table. You know? Oh, yeah. And Robert Shea has a cameo in it. I always have a feeling he has cameos in his new line movies that he thinks are going to do well. And that movie ended up doing pretty well, I think. It's on like $60, 70000000 million. Yeah. Um, it's, an, it's an all right movie. I mean, it's still a thriller. There's some really cool action scenes in it. Uh, there's some great driving moments in it. You can see where Chris Evans kind of became a star. He has really nice charisma. Yeah, he can he, he can carry that movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the other Jason Statham movie I watched was The One with yes. um, Jet Li. I haven't seen it in years. Um, if you don't know the movie, it deals with parallel universes where if you kill the person, if you kill your own self, you gain their essence. In a different universe. In a yeah. different universe. So this guy named Yu Law is going around and killing all his other selves, and he has one guy left to kill, and his name's Gabriel Law. And he they're super fast and super strong. And Jason Statham plays a cop who's tracking him through all these wormholes and different universes to capture him. Um, and, you know, there's some pretty sweet action scenes in it. Um, it does suffer, you're right. You, I think you mentioned last week, it suffers from a little bit of the Matrix thing. Yeah, where um, everybody was trying to make, you know, a, a bulletproof monk movie. Yeah, and he has uh, Drowning Pool's bodies where it's like, let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. When he's beating everybody up. And then there's another, like, cliched heavy metal part song where he, kill, he beats up a bunch of people. Yeah. And then he's listening to a stereo in a car and he's getting all pissed off until he gets to... The, the hard rock station. Um, so there's some goofy things like that. But there's some really sweet action scenes. The last scene where Jet Li is fighting himself is pretty badass. Um, and I was actually surprised. I thought it was rated R because it's kind of violent and there's lots of blood in it. But it's rated PG-13. Hmm. Um, it's cool. And Jason Statham is pretty good in it. You know, he's there. Yeah. Except it's weird that, you know, you know I know because I've read about Jason Statham. He's a, a black belt in some martial arts. And they kind of find a way to make sure that he doesn't fight at the end of the movie. Mm. So he kind of goes out like a bitch. I mean, mm. he lives, but he gets like kicked and his arms busted or something. <laughs> um, just so 
it, it was a weird time because also that time they're trying to find vehicles for Jet Li. Yeah, to yeah, make yeah. him basically that, a Jackie that, Chan. That movie is supposed to be a Jet Li like a awesome movie. You know, mm-hmm. like you need Jet Li to be the hero at the end, not yep. not the Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah, that Jason Statham hasn't existed yet, but yeah. um you know, movies like Crank were a couple years away. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I watched this week. Cool. All right. Have we done everything? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Okay, cool. So this week we went and saw The Monuments Men. Um, Brad, should people go see The Monuments Men? I guess. I mean, it's a good movie, but I wasn't in love with, I wasn't in love with it. James? Um, yeah, I I think it's I think it's good. Um, it's it's one that if you waited and rented, you'd be fine, but I think it's I think it's worth seeing for sure. Uh, it's interesting cuz it's 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 hard to review because it feels like anecdotes rather than like one straight story to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's everybody who's in it is really fun. Yeah, I I agree too. I think it's a good movie. Um, if it didn't have so much schmaltzy parts in it, um, like you know, yeah, there, there's they, parts where it seemed like it was award baiting itself. Mm-hmm. Um, where if they just told the story, I think it'd be more interesting. Yeah. Uh, here here's a trailer. But yeah, I I guess rent it. I mean, I actually I, I enjoyed the movie. If you want, if you feel like going to see a movie, this is a really good choice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you'll have a good time at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. Here's here's a trailer for the Monuments Men. While we must and will win this war, we should also remember the high price that will be paid if the very foundation of modern society is destroyed. There's a Michelangelo joke to be made. You're just the man to make it. We have been tasked to find and protect art that the Nazis have stolen. Well, the chaps are all very anxious to get started. We have your architect from Chicago, a sculptor, a director of design at the School of Fine Arts, and a few other experts in various fields of art. How are the fellows making out? Like Olympians! We want to go into a war zone and tell our boys what they can and cannot blow up. That's the idea. If you would just read the orders. I'll tell you what these orders say. Don't knock out Colonel the building. Do not interrupt me, Lieutenant. I think that went well. We're going to start with a friend in Paris who's going to have some idea of where the French art has been hidden. How can I help you steal our stolen art? The Nazis are taking everything with them, so we have to get as close to the front as we can. Look at this. It says if Hitler dies or if Germany falls, they're to destroy everything. Everything. We gotta move. They tell us who cares about art, but they're wrong. It is the exact reason that we're fighting for a culture, for a way of life. What is all this? People's lives. Hitler wants everything. It's your responsibility now. of what we're doing here. You're going to miss me so much when this is all over. All hell's breaking loose here. We have some unfinished business. I will say right off the bat, I do like George Clooney as a director and as a writer. Yeah. I think he his movies are really fun. And this is another movie that's really fun. It's a true story about these art dealers or art scholars that go 
into World War II towards the end of the war because they fig- find out that Hitler is stealing all this precious art from Europe because he wants to open up the Führer Museum. And they so they want to go back and basically steal the art that Hitler has stolen from not only fine arts galleries with Jewish people and people he's conquering in Europe. You know what's funny is this sounds like the cheesy villain plot from like a, a shitty 70s um, like like you know sort of 007 movie but mm-hmm. it's real. It is. Like it's it's such a stupid silly thing and really happened. I know it's one of those things too where you <laughs> see like, it. He's stealing all the art so he can put it in his own museum. <laughs> oh snap. Where you, you feel Hitler, what a dum dum for German Germany because what an, an I mean they have <laughs> there's a part in their history where they are the most embarrassing thing that's ever walked on Earth because not only do you have the atrocities of the Holocaust yeah but you also have you know they're stealing all this art and then if they get captured they're like burn all this precious art yeah yeah it's 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 unbelievable. And you just have to be so embarrassed if you're a German. And they're such an easy villain because they're so stupid. <laughs> I, I hope that anyone listening who's German takes that with a great, like, understands what Ryan's actually saying and not just like, you have to be so embarrassed if you're a German. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they don't talk about it. No, they don't. They if don't. you want to hear how cool, you know, the one thing I do is I love George Clooney. I think he's a really cool actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's a really cool scene from Monuments Man where he is basically recruiting the guys to join him in his little escapade. How's the ticker? Still ticking. Want to get in the war? Monuments, man. Signed by Roosevelt. Oh, I see that. And to put a team together and try to protect what's left and find what's missing. Aren't you a little old for that? Yes. You want to go into a war zone and tell our boys what they can and cannot blow up that's the idea okay how many men for now six jesus mm. with you that's seven <laughs> that's much better we're gonna go through basic in Tribunam, england and then we wait for orders basic mm-hmm. basic training us <laughs> oh boy it's funny i um there were moments in the uh in the movie where like i would sort of start to think like you know, if I had written this, I would have put in a speech a little earlier on where you explain, like, why this is important. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two minutes later, he'd be, like, on the radio and be like, here's my speech about why this stuff is important. And I was like, oh, yeah, good job. You hit it exactly. That that was really smart. You you figured out what you needed there. Um, yeah, see, the parts of me that didn't work, I, I know a lot of people probably think this is the part that worked for the most. I did not like the Bill Murray's... Uh, the have yourself a merry little christmas bit mm. because to me that's really really cheese dick yeah it was one where i, I think they're having it a really forced. hard time in this movie balancing the juxtaposition between the fun lightheartedness of these guys yeah. and the fact that they are in war in the war um and sometimes they do it great like when those guys <laughs> got to normandy and they're standing mm-hmm. on the beaches at normandy and there's nobody else there but you just sort of get that chill yeah. effect of what you know like like they're they're walking in those guys' footsteps. Like that's really cool. But yeah, you're right. That one where like they're singing the Christmas song and there's this guy and he's dying in the in the mm-hmm. uh, hospital and you're just like, see, to me, I, it, I I I get it. I don't. I think this that one's a little heavy handed. Yeah, I think the most effective scene for that uh, where you should feel something 
is the drunk who's like kind of rebounded and he's in um mm-hmm. in Bruges uh, and he's yeah and he's writing a letter to his family and he's protecting the Madonna and her baby um sculpture by Jesus Michelangelo um, yeah i think it's Madonna and the boy or something though the name yeah, of the sculptor yeah. uh anyways so he's there and he's writing it and he's telling it over and the germans come in uh, under a ruse of this guy is injured because they're going to steal this famous sculpture and he tries to stop him, and he shoots him, and then he actually gets killed doing it. And then you realize that these guys are getting killed trying to save art. Yeah. And uh, to me, that is a more effective scene. Even and the way that Clooney shot it mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah, that shot. The the shot of the Nazi shooting him is really awesome. It is because it's so um, sad, and you know, because yeah. you know he's trying to protect that art, and the Nazi gets like you know brazes off his arm and. Um, he yeah. ends up shooting him a couple times, and he dies. And I see things like that. I think is more effective yeah. than um, that heavy-handed stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean, agree. there's and there's some fun scenes. I love when John Goodman and um, Jane Dargaudin were in um, in the building, and they're being shot at by a sniper, and they have to they bust in there. And it turns out some like little Hitler's youth kid shooting at him. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just like, let's not tell anybody about this. Yeah, well, because it's funny too, because when. Uh, Jean-Claude turns the corner and he points a gun at him and the little kid's like, nine, 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 like he doesn't want to get shot. And then he says, ah, oh, man, man. <laughs> uh, John Goodman's really good in it. John, yeah, John Goodman's Did great. You know Why is he not in like three movies a year? Oh, man. So it was fun, Brad. <laughs> uh, quite a bit. There's something missing. Like I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, there's a lot of times where you think it was like building up to this big, like intense mm-hmm. uh, climax. And then it was just like, oh, um, it, things are fine. Yeah. Let's get back to the story. Like, yeah, especially the end. Like, you think that they're gonna have like a big showdown with the Russians because they spent a lot of time building up. Like, we have to run into the Russians, and like, we're taking too much time. They're probably here now, and then they totally make way fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it turns out that the Russians weren't that close. Yeah, they weren't that close <laughs> at all. Um, and I, then like the scene with the sniper. I feel like if that had been like Saving Private Ryan, you would have seen that shot, and you would have heard. John Desjardins shoot somebody and then freak out because he's like, "Oh my God, has killed a kid!" Mm-hmm. Like if that had been Saving Private Ryan, I think like that's how that scene would have played out. So it was things like that where it's like, "Oh, okay, this scene didn't end up bad." Like a lot of scenes didn't end up bad except for like right. the British guy getting killed. Um, and well, it also I'm... felt like they were trying to. They kind of relied on you already knowing how great this group of actors is. So they didn't really build up their relationships mm. between each other. Mm-hmm. It was like very quickly you were like in on liking them. Yeah, I can see that. So Cause, uh, a lot yeah. of the scenes later when they were like trying to build that relationship, it felt like it was already there and they were mm-hmm. just playing it out. Oh, so. see, I almost felt the other way where like like um, John Goodman and John Desjardins, uh, their relationship felt like it just sort of because they were spending time together, it suddenly happened, and then he is crushed because of what happens. Um, and that was the one that, to me, didn't feel quite as built up as I wanted. Um, whereas, like, the Bill Murray and uh, uh, John... Bob Balaban. John, yeah, Bob Balaban. Um, that one was more flushed more out. because that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was a great scene when they got to that farmhouse with uh, Dr. Stahl. <laughs> they... Uh, you know, does your wife speak English? No. Good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just get on. Yeah. Two, two really good suspenseful scenes in that movie. That one, and then I think the, the scene when um, John Goodman and uh, Jean Desjardins are 
in the in the truck and they get out and they're walking around or whatever and John Goodman sees the US soldiers like hunkered down in the in the trees and you're just like holy shit <laughs> like the way that just turns the tension <laughs> yeah, on right away into something. it was just it was cool and you knew something was going on but as soon as you in my mind yeah. I thought the horse was going to run over a mine or something and oh and did Goodman get shot too cuz he's walking the cane later I think uh, he yeah he did he yeah. got shot in the leg when he was driving away yeah, yeah. I see I, I missed that that's when he was with the cane. I was like, oh, I didn't notice he... Yeah. I don't think that the um, the landmine scene works. No? I, I don't understand how they... Didn't work for me. Saved him. Like, I don't um, know. It was a dud. It, was a, it really was a dud, yeah. yeah but they didn't how do was anything. putting bricks on it. Yeah, and it didn't matter. Right. So, yeah, so they put the bricks on there thinking that was going to work, and it didn't, but it was a dud. Yeah. But how would it, it, if, it, if it wasn't a dud, how would that have they solved all their died. problem? It, he, they would have all died. <laughs> so they were just posturing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, let's just play with this until... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I Honestly, I think the only re- the biggest reason it doesn't work is that they all four stay there. Like, that that whole thing, like, just felt very forced mm-hmm. of, like, no, we're going to stay here. Like, really? If I, if I were his character, I'd be like, no, you're fucking not. Like, come on. Don't be dumb. We, we need you guys to save the art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, we've done all this work. People have died. Maybe one with, of you can stay, but yeah, people have died for the knowledge that you now have. If you guys die, no one knows these things anymore. And the funny thing is, too, is they put all those bricks on there. So if it went off, there's an off chance that you didn't get hit by the blast. The bricks would get hit by the bricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that scene just didn't like. I th- I think it was the the payoff is funny about mm-hmm. it being a dud, but I think the the tension just didn't work for me at all. Yeah, I know it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're seeing. I might get it when it's cheap. Yeah. Like I said, I like and it, cleaning. And it, a really interesting story. It is, yeah. The, the, Another the, thing when it's stuff, real is crazy. Yeah, the know? stuff about like the mines, you know, things like that that I assume are real. Um, they're just cool. And how's that castle empty? <laughs> yeah, I would like to know if actually, Castle sign was actually used for that. Well, um, that was funny, too. That's a funny scene, though, because they're all sneaking up there. They're getting ready to engage in a battle and then they turn the corner and what's the name of that sculpture that's really famous oh i can't remember even matt, what? matt damon even says it he's like oh yeah, it's, it's the a... something yeah and that's she, the only thing that's remember. there it's just in the middle like this world famous sculpture. oh the rodan the rodan yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like it's the rodan well, just it's the, the middle it's not the actual <laughs> in the middle of the yeah. courtyard <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um i thought yeah i just thought it was interesting that it was like I don't know if they just chose that one because that castle is like the coolest castle in the world, mm-hmm. or if they really—I I mean, that castle's in Germany. It makes sense that that's, that would be one they use, but um, yeah. it's crazy that like no one was manning it. Like it was just oh, they dumped right. the stuff and then left. Yeah, you think a expensive castle like that, like the Germans would be all over? Well, they do know too. Towards the end of the war, Ger- Germans started giving up. Yeah, because they didn't have food or. And I think by then they had so. already been to a mine where like there were only a couple guys. Like there wasn't like. A whole lot of people guarding it. Well, you know what? You can't get the book. There is a real. There is a book. There is a book based on a book. It's based on a book, and you can go and read about how, what actually happened, and not listen to us. Yeah, guess we're guessing what happened. Yeah, um, based on a movie that is fiction and meant to be entertaining. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. For the monuments, but next week we're seeing Liam Neeson nonstop. Yes, I'm excited. If I don't get off this plane. Wait, if, if you don't fire $150 million. That doesn't even make any sense. I mean, he, is he going to kill all 500 passengers on the plane? Yeah, he's going to like probably blow the plane up or something. Eventually. With himself on it. With and some of the people it? on that plane, I mean, he may not be on the plane. Oh. 
How did you get this? this he's, got a, he's got a camera. Maybe uh, <laughs> Julianne Moore is actually a robot with a camera in her brain. No, I'm going to watch Taken this week to get me in the mood. For, yeah. <laughs> for I'm going to watch Downton Abbey. Mm, that sounds boring that woman is That woman is pretty. And she's in that movie. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. The stewardess is the, uh, I only is know, the woman. I from... only know Liam Neeson and Julianne Moore are in it. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the other stewardess is the one from... She plays Mary. I've got to get off this plane. <laughs> I'm trying to save it. <laughs> that's that's my favorite shot of any trailer so far this year. I mean, I love all the Spider-Man shots, but there's a shot in the trailer for Nonstop where the plane's like rocking and his gun flies up in the air and he grabs, and he it, grabs it and, and starts shoots. shooting. It's like that shot from uh, Mission Impossible three or two right. yeah, where, yeah, where he kicks Ethan the... Hunt kicks a gun up in the air and catches it. <laughs> Is this directed by John Woo? Because that'd be sweet. Oh <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm sure it's directed by one of those. Because if it was like when guys. that that happens and the plane shakes and stuff and the gun comes up, I'd have like doves fly behind him and <laughs> grab it. And why are there so many doves in this plane? <laughs> Why doesn't anyone open a the window? The overhead panel just comes off and the doves fly out. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. No, it's like when the um, when the oxygen masks drop. Like yeah. Those panels open and doves are inside those little cabinets. <laughs> so stay tuned for nonstop next week. Yeah, it'll be great. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.